Welcome to Alphabet Fly, an encyclopedic Marvel journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is the... Um, it's going to do another thing. Uh, the sonorous Rob London. Hello. Listen, this this character by any other name would smell so sweet. And it's the Rose. There's there's so much a man could tell you, so much he could say. He remains my power, my pleasure, my pain. He's like a grown addiction that I can't deny. Did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen? Baby! Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay Jesse. Uh, stop having fun. Uh, so, uh, we're talking about the rose. That's right. So, one thing I want to say before we get started. I don't know if I'm just reading into something, or if this was intentional, but in daredevil season three did you have you watched it i've watched half of it i haven't seen the back half yet but there was a thing that i thought might have been a reference because i know the rose is um related yes to a although character. this profile does not know that this profile does not know that but i know that it is related yes. to a certain person and there may have been there may have been a very uh succinct scene where where fisk was handed a rose when he had a choice Ah, of different of different things. I'm just like, is that it? Am I just reading into something? Mm, maybe, maybe I don't know. But this is a really obscure character for them to just be like. But whatever. Okay, so the rose. What is the rose? Maybe stay within this. Okay, this time the rose is a mysterious masked crime lord who has uh, recently become a thorn in Spider-Man's side. <laughs> that was it. So his real name at this time is unknown. His occupation is a criminal organizer specializing in processing stolen property and gambling operations. Um, his identity is secret. Um, do you want to guess what his legal status is? Um, I guess that would be unknown. What about former aliases? Uh, probably also unknown. Bur- place of birth. Uh, that uh, I think they don't know that one either. Mayoral status. Mm, also unknown. Known relatives. Nah, yeah, that, uh, they don't know that one either. No, this is none. No. It's technically different. Okay. He's currently the lieutenant of the Kingpin of Crime, and also currently allied with the Hobgoblin. And uh, he first showed up in The Amazing Spider-Man, issue number 83. Wait... Wait. Well, that's the first appearance of his alter ego. That's his alter ego. That's it. So, we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But his first appearance of his alter ego is in Amazing Spider-Man 83. But the Rose first showed up in Amazing Spider-Man 253. So, way later. Um, Who would have been writing? Uh, that time? was Tom DeFalco. He's popping up in a lot of things I've been looking at lately. Yes, he was all over the Marvel 80s. Yeah. And then he became the... Didn't he become the editor-in-chief in the yes. 90s? Uh, he he followed Jim Shooter. Yeah, and uh, did a real bad job with Fantastic Four. Well, I mean, it wasn't so much him. It was more the business. Oh, I guess the business. It was right before they went bankrupt, basically. Yeah. And then, and then the Marvel... And that was due to their corporate ownership, not due to what they were doing. So Tom DeFalco's actually been popping up when 
when you are on lately as well. Yes, like he, he created the Puma. Uh, little is known about the Rose prior to his first in- prior to his first encounter with Spider Man, other than the fact that at the time he was already a high level employee of Wilson Wilson Fisk, the kingpin of crime. Um, r- the Rose was illegally affecting the outcome of professional football games by paying off their key players. And Spider-Man's intervention helped bring the operation to light and created a public scandal. I don't really think of fixing sports games as like a like a Spider-Man. Uh, like uh, no, I mean he, he. I think he just sort of got onto it because he was with the bugle on assignment. I mean, I think he, the, the Rose was sort of created as a sort of a, a new version of one of Spider-Man's sort of low-level gangster enemies. And I think originally he wasn't even going to have a like a secret event. He was going to be some guy. But then they made him into uh, another character. Yes, and interestingly, because of changing writers, he they did eventually pick an identity for him to have, but it was not the one he ended up with. Oh, by the way, we did not discuss how he talked, how he looks. Oh yeah, he is a uh, he's wearing a sharp suit here, a, a lavender mask, and uh, eyeglasses over the mask. Are you? Sh- that, those look like part of the mask. No, he actually like puts his glasses on over the the mask. I see it, but it's, it would almost look better if he just had like panda eyes on the mask. I'm afraid not. Those are just straight up eyeglasses. Okay, nerd. <laughs> but, yeah, he also has gloves. Like I like his look. Oh yeah, he's in kind of like a like a white. Actually, is that shading? I think it's- is that shading or is it um? light on him i no, think I mean, he suit. wore like a variety of suits but it was usually sort of either like a, a pale yellow or a white suit yeah i think this one is supposed to actually be a uh, white suit but there's just a heavy light coming in a certain direction or maybe it's a yellow suit with light coming from behind he strikes a uh an interesting look without being overbearing which is, I think, is pretty good. Like, I feel like I feel like you could probably lose him in a crowd if he was stealthy enough. Yeah, just a guy wearing a mask. Yeah. Well, also maybe you just take the mask off, and then he well, just yes. becomes a guy. Well, as it turns out, he would be a guy who Spider Man would recognize. Yeah, which we'll get to later. Um, so, uh, so they the two came face to face in a fight in a warehouse owned by the Rose. And despite Spider-Man's best effort, the Rose escapes. A lot of sentences regarding Spider-Man could be, despite Spider-Man's best efforts, and then something bad happens. Seems to be his whole thing. Yep, that's a story of his life. Short while later, the Kingpin ordered the Rose to arrange the delivery of a shipment of heroin, but did not entrust him with the full details. Uh, displeased of with the Kingpin's treatment, he nonetheless made the arrangements and discovered the entire effort to be set up to uh, attract the costume vigilante dagger. Not cloak, just dagger. Their <laughs> um, package deal, the rose. Yeah, they kind of, I mean, unless it was like going to attract as in like attract as in get over here and also, hey, do you want to be on a date with me? I mean, I guess that could be it. But uh, realizing that Dagger was of value to Kingpin, uh, the Rose tried to kidnap her, but failed due to Spider-Man and the cloak. 
and Black Hat. And the answer, which we actually talked about fairly recently. Well, he's kind of a goofy... uh, Like, his deal is that he has powers that he develops as he needs them. I did not get into the answer too much. We might talk about a little bit about him. It depends. I don't think he has an entry in these books. Well, I don't think he has an entry, but I'll look at a, a look at the the summary of him. Yeah, like for instance, if you like chuck him out a window, he'll develop the power to fly. Oh, it's, that's kind of Grant Morrison-y. Grant, Grant yeah. Morrison, like I mean, he's a, he's a little meta. Yeah, we might talk a little bit about him, uh, like on this episode, since there's not much more left. And uh, both he and the Rose are fond of purple. Oh yeah, very fond. But certainly, once we get to the end, I can tell you how this all kind of ended up. Mm, from your tone, makes it sound like a disappointment. I mean, it was complicated. Oh, okay. And involved another identity reveal. Oh, ooh. Identity reveals in Spider-Man comics never disappoint. Oh, yes. The, the, the Spider-Man discovered another one of the Rose's uh, warehouses, which was set up to process stolen goods. But because... But because the... Well, Spider-Man found it. Of course, he shut it down, and uh, the Rose started losing a lot of money, which uh, meant he was concerned for his monthly revenue quotas set up by the Kingpin. So he was sanctioned to assassinate uh, Spider-Man. To that end, he contacted the Puma, which he used for most of his challenging assignments. And then, uh, but the Puma was uh, failed. Foiled in his first two attempts, and a third time, the the contract came to the kingpin's uh, attention, and the kingpin wanting to deal with the Spider Man in his own way, dealing with Spider Man in his own way at his own time, canceled the agreement, and then the Rose started to just be real mad at at Daddy Crime. Then he would uh, partner up with the Hobgoblin, where they would take over all gambling in New York and kill the Spider-Man. That's right. Basically, he was trying to sort of work his... He was kind of trying to take over the Kingpin's shtick yeah. with the assistance of the Hobgoblin. To quote a, a misquote, uh, you can kill the king, but you better not mess up. This is basically what happens to the Rose. So, basically, the... They started, you know, taking over, and it took. They took about ten percent of the kingpin's profits, um, weekly income. Then the rose was just like, "Yo, I'll help you fight, uh, fight the green goblin." All right. So eventually, what happened was was ha- okay. So in rapid, fairly rapid succession, the Amazing Spider-Man had three writers. They had Roger Stern, who introduced the Hobgoblin, and his original intention was that the Hobgoblin was going to be uh, fashion designer Roderick Kingsley. He left the book. He did not tell Tom DeFalco, who was taking it over, what his plans were. So Tom DeFalco invent, uh, thought of the Rose, had, them, had him team up with the Hobgoblin, and so the his thought was that the Rose would be Roderick Kingsley, and the Hobgoblin would be the Kingpin's long, not appearing in comics son, Richard Fisk. And then uh, Tom DeFalco ended up leaving the book, and it was left to the editor, Jim Owsley. Uh, later Christopher Priest, to decide who all these mystery villains were going to be. And he eventually settled on the the Rose being Richard Fisk and the Hobgoblin being Peter's reporter, rival, slash colleague, Ned Leeds. 
Now, and then eventually the Ned Leeds revelation was retconned, like 25 years later, um, as having happened, as being, in fact, a deception by Roderick Kingsley, who was the real Hobgoblin all along, and had only framed Ned Leeds as the Hobgoblin. But Richard Fisk was still Richard Fisk, and he showed up a couple more times. He quit being the Rose, then there was a kind of bad 90s story in which he was replaced with a Rose imposter, and then he became the Vigilante Blood Rose. I mean, imagine uh, the Rose. So he's got that mask and the glasses, but he was the Blood Rose. So he wore, like, leather, and he had, like, guns and pouches all over him. That seems to not be in the same uh, same spirit, I would say. It really wasn't. And, of course, that wouldn't even be Richard's first costume identity, because when he first appeared in the, uh, I think, the mid-'80s of Amazing Spider-Man in the 60s slash 70s, uh, he impersonated a crime lord called the Schemer. The Schemer? He wore like a full face mask that made him look like a like a kind of like Ray's like a Ra's Al Ghul. Well, if you look up the Schemer, it just pulls up the Rose because, of course, it's the same person. It's just like whenever you look up uh, Ramatut or Immortus, it just goes to King the Conqueror. Yeah, he wore like a green jumpsuit and he had a, a yellow cape. Yeah, apparently there was some someone called the Schemer in a Hanna-Barbera comic. Well, that I can believe as well. Uh, yeah, so what I would like to do, since this is a little bit of a shorter episode, I'd like to also maybe talk about someone who we talked about a couple times already. Because the answer was actually dating uh, Ruby Thursday at one point as well. That's correct. And for some reason, there's a lot of like a lot of interconnectivity in this Marvel universe somehow. I wonder how, why, but, but yeah, but the answer didn't get his own own thing. So, so the answer is, uh, his name is Aaron Nicholson. I mean, he was created by Al Milgram and, uh, Jim Mooney. And he first showed up in Spider-Man issue number 90 no it's a spectacular spider-man spectacular issue Spider-Man. 91 if it wasn't for bad luck in june 1984 why haven't why is there so many characters that i want to talk about aren't in the, that isn't in this book I mean, they only had so much room, and uh, Spider-Man had so many books that he has just a zillion villains. Also, I really, I don't know what it is. I'm going to send you the picture. In fact, we might do, we might do some cover piece theater. Is it his uh, ridiculous costume? No, we'll we'll talk about. No, we'll I'll show you it. It's I don't like it as a cover. Let's say that. Oh, is it the uh, the one with the? Is it his first appearance, which I think just had Spider-Man the Black Hat and a big question mark? Mm, no, that was that was the one after this one. So we'll do some cover piece theater, even though it'll just be one person. Cover piece theater. Yeah, but but, but first, sorry. First, let's set the scene. The blob. Just nothing stops him. Nothing nothing stops him. Or sorry, nothing can move the blob. I guess nothing stops him could also be a thing, though. Well, that's that's the juggernaut. Oh well, yeah, have they done? Have they done like the juggernaut versus the blob thing? I don't think they ever have. Like, why haven't they? That seems like a natural. Like I mean, you do what you do for both of them. You pick the ground up underneath of them. 
but yeah. like but like that'd be you know but whatever well that, that that'll be my fantasy draft on point who do i want to see fight the guy who moves moves and a guy who doesn't move <laughs> that's it yep. but no it's uh the blob is holding it's black suit spider-man and the black cat and he's just being real blobby and uh, i'll have you do his uh do his line give it up spider-man when the blobs got you you stay got yeah and i think that i notice oh by the way scene okay i think that i notice i don't know if this just is me just catch just latching on to something or not but whenever people draw the blob they put so much attention into his feet yeah like i remember like i think it was a third issue of x-men or whatever i just remember like there was like like kirby was doing like kind of low detail on everyone except for the blob and like the only thing that had a lot of detail was the beast's feet and the blob's feet yeah, the, the, the blob is particularly grotesque on this guy. Yeah, he's not great to look at. Like, Spider-Man is trying to punch him, and like at three points of his body, two of the legs and one of his fists are just sunk into him. Yeah, um, and the poor black cat is way closer to his armpit than you really want to be. Yeah, I don't like it. And the thing is, it's like, <laughs> the thing is with the blob, you do stay got. He makes a lot of gravity. <laughs> but but yeah so um this is the first appearance of the of the answer and then this the, the other iconic the the next one is the one you're thinking of yeah but um at one point he in the civil war because everyone was in the civil war um he was trying to impress the owl who was running the new york underground at that underworld at that time and so he's part of a crew with the hammerhead. Uh, that route, sorry, the crew that hammerhead routed up during Civil War, and they got captured by Shield. He called himself a loser yeah. at Stiltsman's la- uh, wake, which has that really awesome cover because, like, yes. because uh, the Punisher killed the Stiltman, killed Stiltman, mm-hmm. and it's and the cover is just a really long coffin with a bunch of villains. It's real good. It's a real good cover, and whoever thought of that cover was a genius. I like. I want it as a poster. I mean, he's he's one of those guys now who just kind of shows up when you have a big group of villains. Yeah, but yeah, but he can. But basically, he has the power to make a power that he needs for the time, and apparently, it, it can last for about five minutes. And he's also capable of cre- creating two powers at the same time. Um, yes. So he's super intelligent. And also wears a uh, special armor coated with friction-eliminating chemicals, which allows him to slip out of any hold. Uh, this costume also has giant sleeves. Yeah, and it's it's a costume too. Like when oh, it's it's a costume. It, he, he's shown up. He's shown he's doesn't he's shown up in less than two hundred ish. I mean, less than one hundred issues, but um. But like he has like appearances here and there. Apparently, the most runs, uh, the most issues he's ever shown up in is uh, the New Avengers around the time of Secret Avengers, not Secret War, Secret, not Secret Wars. What am I saying? Secret Invasions, Secret Invasion. My one of my favorite comic events from that run of years. Um, he showed up in like six, eight appearances in that. 
apparently showed up in an issue of Toxin, which is uh, which is uh, Venom's grandson. grandson. Which one was his granddaughter? Scorn. Scorn? Yeah, they they kind of got out of a uh, hand with the naming con- conventions. Yeah, because I know Toxin for a while was actually was actually uh, held by Eddie Brock when uh, Flash was Venom, but then now Brock is Venom, and I don't know. I I flip flop between liking symbiote stuff. Like, like at one point, I'm just like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then other times, I'm just like, no, this is awful. Why are you doing this? <laughs> uh, he also, like, he just kind of appears, like, here and there. Like, there's not a lot of, like, I think the most he's ever gotten is the new Avengers from the Secret, Secret, uh, I mean, from Secret Invasion. Yeah. Um, he had a little bit of a run during um, the Lethal Foes of Spider-Man. Yeah, no, he's that. I believe that he dies in Spectacular, and then they bring him to life in uh, Lethal Foes. Hmm. I kind of I, I like the covers of Lethal Foes. I never really read them though. It's uh, Le- Deadly Foes is pretty good. Lethal Foes, not so much. Even if it does have Stegron in it. Let me take that back. I like one of the covers of Lethal Foes. <laughs> I convinced myself to not like this anymore. <laughs> but yeah, but no, but Deadly Foes of Spider of uh, well, Superior Foes is pretty good. Well, Superior Foes, Superior is, Foes well, is great. But yeah, the answer actually has it's a very Grant Morrison power. It reminds yeah. me of that one in um uh, of uh that one power that that one lady had in the Doom Patrol. Um, where she has the power, she has any power that a person hasn't thought of. Right, I think, oh, she remember the, the Legion of Dada, maybe? Yeah, the Legion of Dada, I think that's what it is. But, like, one of her powers is, like, um, impenetrable jars that no one can get through. And, like, any power that you never thought of. So it's actually really interesting power for Grant Morrison to make, because he could just be Grant Morrison all over the place. Uh, my mistake, it was the Brotherhood of Dada, and she is the quiz. Yeah, something like that. It's I, I haven't read that stuff in a long time, so but it's but mm. it's pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah, I think we're pretty much done with the rose. Yes. In the answer. Uh, yeah, let's do your plugs. All right. So, uh, as you can imagine, I, as you may have ascertained by now, I'm something of a uh, spider maniac, and indeed, I'm a contributor to the Marvel handbooks. And our latest project is the Spider-Geddon Handbook. Uh, out in stores this December, it's your gateway to the Spider-Geddon event. Want to know who's who's doing what in that in that uh, event series? Pick it up. Yep. And this will actually conveniently come out a little bit before that. So Excellent. Possibly in stores now. In stores soon. In stores soon. So this will be out in November. But, All right. Um, so... Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. I don't really feel like doing my plugs right now. So go to the links in the description if you'd like to see the pictures of the people we're talking about. I don't know. Listen to another episode. I doubt this is going to be the one that brings in a lot of new listeners. So People just people love the roads. I, although I said that about Plant Man, and that's mm-hmm. the most downloaded episode I have right now. Plant Man? Wow. It's the third attempt of me recording an episode about Plant Man. 
And the entire time we were moaning about recording the third attempt about recording about Ant-Man. I mean, Plant-Man. So maybe this is the one that'll bring everyone in. I don't know. Look at the description. Listen to more podcasts. Listen to other podcasts and you'll get my plugs. Um, So this has been Alphabet Flight. And may Madcap show you how truly meanest life is. Bye. Good night. Side of me, love remains a drug that's high enough to heal. But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen?